At long last, we are back on the Michigan and Trumbull podcast. I'm Alex Freeman, joined as always by Luke Jaconis. Luke, how you been? How's your winter? The last time I talked to you, it was like it was like a year ago. It seems like at this point, it certainly feels that way. At least on podcast time, yeah, it was. I think the last episode was early December. It's like we haven't talked in almost a year, something like that. Uh, my winter was good. When you're in Florida, you always have a good winter. So. Can't complain too much there, um, but yeah, true. all good here. It's just yeah, it's been. Uh, I I don't have a lot of b- b- baseball stuff like that, like much that we can report. You know, we talked about it kind of in our last episode. Shohei signed, Yamamoto eventually signed. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers, it seems, are just going to cakewalk it to the World Series this year, and um, yeah, the Tigers are the Tigers. You know, but I'm, I'm very, I am very excited. Uh, for this season. I know we're going to be getting into tons of Tiger talk this episode, but before we go any further, I would be a bad friend and co-host if I didn't ask for your thoughts, feelings, and reactions. And it's very apropos that you're wearing that Kool-Aid blue shirt. Uh, your Detroit Lions this season finally lived up to the hype, Honolulu the expectations. Blue. Honolulu blue. Thank you. Thank you for the correction. And not only won the NFC North, but made it to the NFC Championship. Yes, they did. Overall thoughts, feelings, emotions about how your Lions fared this past season. Yeah, I mean, it was really, uh, I would say this season was ahead of schedule uh, for a lot of Lions fans. I think that for me personally, it was, uh, okay, great. Playoffs or bust is kind of the the sense going mm-hmm. into the season. Uh, getting to the NFC Championship was icing on the cake to the season uh, to have two home playoff games, two home playoff wins, huge, something that they had not done in uh, 30 plus years, uh, getting to the NFC championship game, obviously disappointed by the results, but ultimately uh, very happy with the season. And then the biggest concern coming away from that was going to be, okay, Probably going to lose Ben Johnson as the offensive coordinator. That didn't happen. Are they going to have Uh to lose some pieces? Doesn't look like they're going to have to lose some pieces. They got plenty of cap space. They got picks. So it really does feel like they have done everything right to get them to this this new spot uh, to, to be able to kind of not be a flash in the pan, not be a single season success that that we've seen from Lions teams in the past when when we had Stafford at quarterback and Calvin Johnson, like there would be flashes where it'd be like, oh, maybe this team could do something. Ah, no, same old Lions. This does not feel like right. same old Lions. And they said that a lot throughout the season that we're not the same old Lions. And I think that um, heading into this offseason, they, they have a chance to really prove that um, with cash available to go pick up some additional pieces, things like the secondary, um, shore up a few places in the line as well so that there's a little bit more depth there. Um, otherwise, I think that they're in they're in just fantastic shape and it it's exciting. It's very exciting. And I actually was reading a piece today and we'll get into this as well, that for a lot of Lions fans who are obviously also by extension Tigers fans, it is raising the bar of hope for this Detroit Tigers season because of what the Lions have been able to accomplish and kind of where the Tigers are as an organization being um, not dissimilar in a lot of ways to where the Lions were two or three seasons ago. 
Yeah, I think the Lions are going to win a Super Bowl. I really do. In the next one to three years, maybe even longer, you know, multiple, that window opened being longer than the past three years, I think the Lions are going to win a Super Bowl. I really do. I think they are one heck of a team. The one thing I was worried about with the Lions and for you going into this season was when hopes are high, it just is kind of a Detroit sports way that those hopes Mm -hmm. get absolutely murdered in cold blood. But from the jump, this Lions team was just different than any Lions team I'd seen in my lifetime. Now, obviously, you watch them a lot closer than I do. But being as we're NFC North rivals, we're seeing a lot of each other's teams throughout the years and a lot of each other's games throughout the year. So, yeah, they look great. I mean, I don't think you could ask for a better head coach in Dan Campbell. No, um, yeah. I just I think he is the epitome of a leader. And you can tell he wears his heart and his emotions on his sleeve, but like in the best way possible, like truly in the, like he is definitely kind of a lunatic and, you know, eating kneecaps and all that stuff, but like he's a good lunatic. Yes. You know, it's it just, it works. It works. And I think that the Lions, Lions fans, city of Detroit are sitting pretty for their football team for, for a good while. And uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. So as a Bears fan, it sucks, but truly I would rather the Lions do better than the Packers or the Vikings. And I've always said I kind of semi-sneakily root for the Lions because I feel like I'm a extended member of the Detroit sports family. You yeah, know, I spent half sure. the year rooting for the Tigers. So like I'm never actively rooting against the Lions. It was a no-brainer, you know, when they were in the playoffs and in the NFC championship. And yes, Tom's 49ers lost, and I'm sure we'll get to talk with him when he comes on the show in a couple weeks, but all love the Tom, but I was all Lions all the way, baby. So, I mean, well, we appreciate yeah, just, we appreciated you know, the support, and we'll look forward to having you next year as well after the Lions repeat as NFC North champions. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to be good. I mean, I think keeping Ben Johnson that was that was pretty that huge, was pretty clutch, huge. Um, and to keep your to keep your core intact, they're not going to really lose a lot of guys. They're only going to add. I feel like I mean, yeah. they're sitting pretty. And that course, and that course pretty, young. So. That is not a that is not an old core uh-huh. by any by any stretch of the imagination. Sam Laporta, yeah. As someone who had him as my fantasy football tight end, can't talk enough praise for that guy. Awesome, you know. And so it's, they are they are they are going to be the real deal for many seasons to yeah. come, and you guys should be happy. Laporta, Gibbs, rookies, uh, Hutchison mm-hmm. in his second year, like and Benay Sewell in his third year. Yeah. I mean, guys, just like. Great. Let's just keep adding, adding, and then we're we're now finally in a position where we can just keep reloading, um, and building up. Yeah, and being a Bears fan, getting to see David Montgomery have success truly <laughs> warmed my heart because I loved David Montgomery when he was with the Bears. Yeah, uh, I wish they would have held on to him or you know worked with him to give him a contract that would have kept him in Chicago. But the fact of the matter is, had he even stayed in Chicago, he's not winning. He, he you know, no, yeah, he, he's not. Bears got a laundry list of issues they got to figure out we don't even know who the quarterback's going to be next year they've got options which is good but uh yeah i was as, as a big david montgomery fan i was very stoked for him to see and find lots of success in detroit and see him embraced absolutely well luke let's uh Let's transition to baseball. Pitchers and catchers have reported uh, this week. We get we get the start of spring training games. Um, we're going to start getting the answers to some questions about what's going on. Um, one of the things that you sent around, and I think this may be a good place to start. There's still a lot of like big names floating mm-hmm. around that 
Yeah. Haven't signed contracts yet. Yeah. Let me, uh, this is, you know, as of today, we're recording on the 19th, but this was a a screenshot I took from, from yesterday and I sent all, all you guys free agents still unsigned. And today I believe was the first day for full squad workouts across spring training. Mm -hmm. Free agents still unsigned. Cody Bellinger, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, Matt Chapman, Hyun Jin Ryu, uh, Michael Lorenzen, Mike Clevenger, J.D. Martinez, Adam Duvall, Brandon Woodruff, Liam Hedricks did sign, I believe, yeah, today that with was the a, Boston yeah, Red Sox, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. I think it was a two-year deal, I want to say. Yep, two-year uh, Tim Anderson, Tommy Pham. Yeah, yeah, two, 210, yep. And then many, many more. Less than 40 days until opening day. Look. This overall free agent class, there was big names in it, no doubt. I mean, you can't tell mm-hmm. me there's a year Shohei Otane, you know, is is a free agent that 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 things aren't that that is in some level of magnitude in terms of talent for a, a free agent class. But compared to other seasons past, overall top to bottom probably lacks some depth and some star mm-hmm. power. But the fact that some of those names are still available with less than Two months to go, month and a half to go till baseball is in full swing and games matter is insane to me. I mean, it's just Cody yeah. Bellinger, Matt Chapman. You put those guys in a lineup; those are some guys who can be game changers. Especially Cody Bellinger coming off the season he had in Chicago. You know, Blake Snell's a big name. Jordan Montgomery's a big name. It's just it's crazy to me that we've got so many of these guys still out there. And it's I have two trains of thought, and I'm curious to kind of get your opinion on it. Is this a Scott Boris thing? Or is this a thing where owners are starting to kind of maybe be more and teams are starting to be more kind of conscious of how they're spending their money? Mm-hmm. Or is it a mixture kind of of the two? I know I don't know if all these guys are Scott uh, Boris's clients, <laughs> yeah. but that was the first thing I saw. If you look at all the comments below it, it says the first thing is Scott Boris has ruined baseball, which they may not all be Scott Boris clients, but I think there's definitely some truth to that statement. Yes. Yes. There's a hundred percent truth to that statement. I think that there is a lot of, uh, subtle belt tightening happening around major league baseball in terms of contracts being offered and what's going out, especially because as you look at like the, uh, Bally sports situation, the regional sports networks, right? Like there's, there's a whole unsteadiness in the TV deal landscape for baseball and like what that revenue is going to look like and kind of especially these outside of teams that are owned by um you know the Coens of the world and the the guys who have just like made their life on making a billion dollars appear out of nowhere um they're yeah the yeah these owners are rich but they're they're not unlimited rich and they do have to kind of, they do have to run the baseball team as a business. And at the moment, the blank checks of TV deals don't seem to be there at present, especially for those, those kind of, I mean, even like large mid-market teams, anybody outside of Los Angeles mm-hmm. and New York, um, I don't know really like how much guarantee of money is there. And at the same time, I think that you 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 continue to look at the math of a lot of these deals, and they 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 end up not making sense. And so I don't know if it is these this group of guys in particular, their agents are asking for you know four plus year deals that are valued at you know hundred million dollars plus. There's not a guy in that list that I wouldn't love to pick up for a two-year deal at more or less any price that is going to happen on a two-year mm-hmm. deal. Like, 
somewhere between 10 and $20 million. Great. I love it. Like, let's do it. Um, let's bring them in Four years, 80 million. I'm, I'm less confident that I, I want to see the tigers get tied up with any of those guys that, you know, yeah, JD Martinez's bat is what JD Martinez's bat has been in the past. Great. If it is Javi Baez's bat last season, or even JD yeah. Martinez's bat last season, like Yeah, also ages for JD as well. So yeah, like 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 there's not none of those guys are are as clear home runs on a long term deal. So if their agent is pressing mm-hmm. for a long term deal then I can understand why they're not signed. And so I think maybe as we get closer, they're going to, a lot of those guys are going to say, okay, I'll take two years for 20 million. Yeah. Which feels like a silly thing to say as always. I'd always take two years for 20 million. Anybody want to offer me two years, $20 million to do most anything. I'll do 20 years for 2 million. How about that? I'll really give someone (laughs) a bargain. That is, that is depending on what I'm doing for, I guess the 20 years, you know, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. It, I, one thing for me that you know I see, and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. There's not a lot of all those names I just read. There's no guys who should be getting like super long term deals. Yeah. Max maybe a three year deal kind of thing. One guy that was on that list up until recently that I really was hoping the Tigers would maybe do a sneaky under the radar move to get was going to be uh, Jorge Soler and the Giants made that ended up kind of pulling the trigger and doing that. And I was very jealous. I was hoping the Tigers would maybe go after him, but uh, alas, it did not happen. So I thought he would have fit really well into the Tigers lineup. I just thought just add some pop in that lineup that it's been desperately kind of needing for years. And you start having a guy like Kerry Carpenter, Riley Mm -hmm. Green, Torque. You had a guy like Soler. I thought that would have been pretty sick. But then the question is, where does he play? Where does he fit? You don't want to take at-bats away from Kerry Carpenter. You don't want to take away at-bats from guys in the outfield. So, yeah, I don't know. That was someone I was just – I just – I had a – there was something in like – instinctually, I was like, hmm, Jorge Soler in a Tigers uniform. Yeah. That could be pretty cool, but it's all for not now. He plays on the West Coast in one of the most beautiful stadiums in baseball, so good for him. So, Luke, I mean, out of that list of, of guys remaining, um, like, who's your who's your dream pickup for the Tigers coming into spring training? Or, I guess, not even coming you know, into, in, in the middle of spring training. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's going to join us in the middle of a game on a random Thursday? Um... I think the Tigers have done a really nice job, and I know we'll get into this in a little bit. I think they've got a ton of pitching depth, which mm-hmm. I know you can you can never have too much pitchers, too many pitchers, because these last few seasons with injuries to our starting pitchers and just pitching staff in general is living proof of that. But I would love to see another bat. So probably Cody Bellinger would be the easy one because I think he's mm-hmm. the best player left out of everyone I just named. Matt Chapman is interesting to me, though, because the Tigers don't have a third baseman right now. And I understand we're going to do the platoon with Matt Veerling and Andy Abanez and Zach McKinstry. And I understand that's just kind of a placeholder until Jace Young is ready to come up and claim his throne at third base. But I don't know, Matt Chapman on a one-year deal, you know, one year, 20, 25 million. Would that be the worst thing in the world? I, I don't know, you know? Um, yeah, Matt yeah, Ch- I Chapman, don't, Chapman I, I don't, is the name that I would have said. That, that's mine. Of that list is yeah. definitely... We don't have we don't have a solid option at third base. Um, 
uh-huh. don't have an everyday option is what I should say um, at third base. Yeah. And why not? Why not a a proven veteran solid option at third base um, sitting right there? Yeah. One year with a two, with a with an option for two, maybe maybe a two year with an option for three. Um, either of those kind of yeah makes sense to me. So maybe he's asking for you know too much, and that's why it hasn't happened. Yeah, I th- I agree. To me, it's it's like you don't have a third baseman. There's a pretty decent third baseman. I know you know his last stint with what was the Blue Jays wasn't uh, mm-hmm. his most recent season wasn't all that it was cracked up to be, but he's still a solid third baseman. I would take him. I'd take a flyer on him. And if he stinks, you dump him at the end of the year. And if he's really good, you can either, you know, have an option to bring him back or you can always just try to deal him with the deadline if you're not playing good baseball. So I don't know. I Do I think that's going to happen? Absolutely not. I think the Tigers are pretty much done making moves. Uh, Justin Henry Malloy, you know, this time last year, we were probably like maybe a future third baseman potential, but Apparently, his defense is just so putrid that he's now no longer even working at third base anymore. Mm-hmm. He's strictly being converted into an outfielder. I mean, they're they're pretty much lining up for it to be the Jace Young show at third base. How long that it takes for that show to begin, time will tell. You know, you know he's not making the, the team out of camp because by all indications, it appears that that'll be Colt Keith being the rookie to be the starting second baseman heading into the season. I mean, he just got when talk about deals. Uh, six years, twenty-two million. He's never even seen a major league pitch before in his life. Yeah. So it's uh, a good day to be Colt Keith. I think you know he's definitely going to be the second baseman of the future. They're definitely going to. I feel like it's his job to lose in spring training. So they'll probably put McKenstry and Veerling and Andy Abanez all kind of at third, and they'll let Colt Keith kind of get his feet underneath him at second, which I'm cool for. I'm I'm cool with. So yeah. All right, let's take a let's take a brief pause and we'll uh we'll talk more specifics about the Detroit Tigers roster here in just a second. We are back on the Michigan in Trumbull podcast. I'm Alex Freeman joined as always by Luke Jaconis. Luke, we started getting into it a little bit, but let's uh let's chat about the current Detroit Tigers roster, shall we? Um yeah, let's do it. Couple of uh just a few Injury type updates for folks um, as we kind of get rolling here. Uh, Riley Green currently listed as day to day, expected to be ready to play at the beginning of the Grapefruit League schedule. Like no real concerns with Riley Green. Just currently, uh, you know, still still working some some injury stuff out. Uh, Dylan Dingler uh, listed as out on the injury report of February nineteenth. Uh, he had a right elbow procedure in the off season. So he's going to start throwing to bases this week um, as part of that rehab program. Uh, Brandon White currently out uh, dealing with right elbow discomfort. Uh, So he's going to just rest for a little bit and restart his throwing program in spring training. Uh, Sawyer Gibson Long uh, also out with a left groin strain after undergoing an MRI last week. I think that's that's the injury update um, on the Detroit Tigers. Uh, Luke, let's talk. Let's talk about the rest of the roster. Where where are you at on your thoughts here? Overall, I'm excited. I think going. I'm more excited for this season than I was going into last season. Obviously, we were all hyped for the Miggy farewell mm-hmm. tour, so that you know was kind of excitement enough. But now Miggy's gone. It's actually very sad that he's gone. I think I read a. Uh, 
an article that I think it was Spencer Torkelson who said, or maybe it was Tarek Skubal who said, yeah, the locker room's a whole heck of a lot quieter now. <laughs> and then I guess they gave Javi Miggy's locker, which I don't know how I feel about that, mm-hmm. that they they gave Javi Baez Miguel Cabrera's locker. But let's talk about Javi Baez for a second. Let's do it. I I'm I want the record to show, and you can keep me honest throughout the season. I'm going to try a new approach with Javi this year. I'm going to try the power of positivity. I don't know how long it's going to last me, but I'm going to at least attempt it. I want Javi Baez to do well. Mm-hmm. Do I have issues with how he has performed and how he carries himself? Absolutely. But I'm going to say, you know what? That's in the past. Let bygones be bygones and hope for the best. If Javi Baez succeeds, we will all succeed because that means he'll be contributing to the Tigers at a very high rate. Do I expect him to be 2016, 2015 Javi Baez? No, I don't. But I do expect him to play like the caliber of contract that he was awarded going into the 2022 season, which he has not lived up to thus far. So I want Javi to do well. I think Javi is now also in a great position to truly become one of the leaders. This team Mm -hmm. is desperately now looking for a new leader now that Miguel Cabrera has retired. And while I do think it's going to be more like a Spencer Torkelson or a Riley Green or a Tarek Skubal, a veteran leader like Javi Baez definitely wouldn't hurt the equation. So I want Javi to succeed uh, because Wall Street, apparently they're saying he had a different workout program this entire offseason. He was checking in a lot more with Tigers coaches and trainers and blah, blah, blah. Some are saying he's in the best shape of his life, Alex. I'm just, some are saying it. It's not me, but some are saying it. Some are saying. So Some are saying. Some are saying. Some are saying. So yeah, I, I hope Javi, Javi brings it this year and you know, only time will tell. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it is truly put up or shut up time for Javi Baez. Um, mm-hmm. That the whatever shadow of Miguel Cabrera that was was there the past two seasons in that it was it was Miggy's team. It was not Javi's team um, by any sense, and so to a certain extent, perhaps Javi was like, well, you know. I understand they're paying me. I'm the guy playing day to day in the field, but it's Miggy's team. The 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 pressure to step up and lead the organization uh, was not there, and now you're right. There is not an established veteran leader of this team, um, mm-hmm. and of the kind of options, Javi's the guy who's like the longest tenured MLB player who has played at a high level, it's it's your time, Javi, to mm-hmm. step up and say, this is why I am paid the amount of money that I'm paid. This is the guy you brought in me you brought me in to be. And Javi, you don't have to stop playing with the chip on your shoulder. I like when you play with the chip on your shoulder. It's fun. It's exciting to watch if you're backing it up. Otherwise, you just kind of look like an asshole, and that's <laughs> that's annoying for all of us. <laughs> yeah, I saw something on Tiger's Twitter that they were saying fans should all rally around Javi, kind of like the Phillies did for Trey Turner on opening day. Everyone who's there, who's braving the Michigan winter, should give Javi a standing ovation at his first like bat of the season, kind of being like, all right, we're with you this year, man. Like, Let's roll. 
And then he'll strike out on a ball that's 15 <laughs> feet off the plate and he'll get booed. And then there will go the power of positivity just like that. So that's the thing I got. No, that's I wouldn't the, do that's well. the thing I want to see. As long as like, I don't actually even care if Javi's striking out. I care if Javi's striking out on a ball that bounced. Mm hmm. Like if yeah. he if he's, care if if he's missing struck, a ball yeah. at the corner that he like like what are you gonna like you have to swing at it I'm fine that's yeah. fine Javi striking out on a ball that's almost in the visitors dugout is a image I don't need to see in my brain any longer and I'm hoping yeah. this season you know we'll right those wrongs of the past and uh, he'll he'll step up Willie I don't know I don't know I, I shouldn't hold my breath I'm not trying to bank on a I don't know how old is Javi at this point, like early 30s or whatever, who's just been 31, 31 years of age. 31, yeah. Listed at six yeah. foot, zero inches tall, 190 pounds. From Puerto Rico, Javier Baez. Went to Puerto Rico this this past winter. So, hey, you know what? If Javi, if Javi was a great season, I guess it means I just got to take trips to Puerto Rico once a year and kind of keep that streak alive. So I feel like your significant other would be okay with that, Luke. Hundred percent, absolutely, she would. Uh huh. Yeah. What do you think about uh, just kind of overall move? So the last time we did an episode, it was actually very funny. The last time we did an episode, I think it was either later that night when we got done recording, or the next morning they signed Jack Flaherty, and then it was shortly after they brought in Shelby Miller, and then shortly after Andrew Chafin. So. Realistically, let's just look at it from a, a transactions that the Tigers made this offseason. They only went really out and brought in one bat, and that was the Mark Canna trade at the very beginning of the offseason, which yep. I really liked that move. The rest of it was all pitching. You got Kenta Maeda, Jack Flurry, they're going to be in the rotation. Shelby Miller, Andrew Chafin, they're going to hold it down in the bullpen. So they definitely leaned more into the pitching side of things this offseason than they did hitting. They did some hitting things, offensively, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I do think had you asked me when we recorded in December, are the Tigers done making moves on offense? I would have said no. Now you can make an argument though. They didn't, they signed Colt Keith to the six year, $22 million deal, but he's never seen a game in the majors before. So it's hard to kind of put stock into that. Although we think he's going to be a stud. So I guess overall, like what are your thoughts on how I guess Scott Harris handled his off season overall, if I had to give him a B, or if I had to give him a grade, I think I would give him a B. That's really, where I, that's uh, where I'm at right now. Really, I'd give him uh, a B. Gave away the the lead there. At the, I uh, did. I did. I buried the lead. <laughs> buried the lead. I would say I give I him would, a B, and that's my grade. Yeah, that's my grade. Um, I that's my grade. Thank you. I I don't I don't disagree with you. I kind of like as I was as I was kind of looking over this roster um, in preparation, like given given all of the 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 Tigers were never going to pay, even if Shohei was willing to come to Detroit. They were never going to pay Shohei money, um, right? Like they were never going to. They were never in those in those sweepstakes. Given that, I think it's been a great off season. I think um, the the roster remains very young. The which is is great for the future and for the mm-hmm. concept of building to win for a long time as opposed to building to win right now. Um, and it's a great time to be that way in the American League Central because it's a putrid division still. Um, 
we've we've collected some of the the last remaining good pieces of other teams um onto this roster and so i think that like a b plus an a minus um oh not that's a, an a minus that's a little too high b plus is a, i mean i, I mean just, i guess the I thing that i would ask is like what like what else what who who do you want him to go get jorge so <laughs> <laughs> I already, uh, yeah. Like he didn't yeah, get one uh, guy, and so and so he gets it. knocked down That's a whole letter grade. Not a B plus. <laughs> B B to B plus is good. Hey man, I would have killed for Bs and B pluses when I was in high school. <laughs> that would have been yeah. No, I think we talked about it on the episode we did back in December, and I think my thoughts still ring true. And I, you kind of said it perfectly. My issue with what Scott Harris did in his first off season was that. He had the potential to go out and make kind of these small little moves that he mm-hmm. made this offseason, and he neglected not to do so. So mm-hmm. that's why I was so frustrated with him last offseason. This offseason, he made those little moves. So I'm cool with it. I, I love the pitching moves he went out and made. Kenta Maeda, good veteran presence. Jack Flaherty, good veteran presence. And I'm I'm great. I'm great with those guys joining the rotation. I don't need them to be the, their former selves, you know, when they were really in their heyday and really, you know, out there being legitimate stud pitchers, we just need them to not go out there every fifth day and give up six runs a game. Like we just have to, we just need competent starting pitching. And I think those guys will hopefully be competent starting pitchers. who just kind of keep the line moving. I Mm -hmm. really like him going back out and bringing in, bringing Andrew Chafin back to Detroit. Solid move. Shelby Miller, solid move. Um, I don't really have anything too nitpicky. I just would have liked to seen maybe one more offensive move, but it's pretty clear he's betting on the young guys, which I'm not upset about that. Uh, it's just pretty evident that that's 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 the move. They're they're really they don't want to clog people up, and I guess that's fair. Um, and kind of going back to what we said at the beginning of the episode, this wasn't a historically phenomenal free agent class mm-hmm. yet. Obviously, your big names, but across the board, probably not as good as seasons past. So I get it. Um, I'll be curious to see what the first big contract Scott Harris ever decides to give out during his Detroit Tigers tenure. I mean, yeah, yeah he gave out a six-year deal to Colt Keith, but <laughs> it was in the low twenty million. So, uh, there's you know, yeah, not, I think one of the things much there. You like can't count that one. like looking at this roster and kind of the moves that he has made is is one thing that I like is that they are not so weighed down by even guys on like two or three year deals um mm-hmm. with like large-ish numbers attached to those deals in that they are they feel really well positioned to be buyers at the deadline um if if they do find this this core gelling in the way that it felt like it was starting to gel at the end of last season um if that core is gelling and they are in that position, if they are able to, uh, for the first time in uh, who, who knows how long, uh, not get off to an awful start in the month of April. And so we arrive at the deadline competing for the central, which we should. Like that, like that to me, and I guess we'll get to this in a second here. Um, like that to me is like kind of like the baseline expectation for this season for me. Um, and. And I think that they are well set up that if they are sitting, you know, second place 
maybe like a tight third place in the central, depending on how tight the race ends up being, which I think there's some some good potential for a fairly tight AL central race. Um because all of the teams kind of feel like they're they're sitting at the same place, they then are set up to uh with some young guys that are talented under club control, they can then move some pieces that way. There's some good stuff in the farm system that they could move that they could put together to to be some buyers at the at the deadline and bring in guys where they can eat a larger contract number for that guy because there's space to do so. Um while giving the core time to develop and gel um, without kind of like taking away at bats from some of those guys because you've got somebody else take that needs to take those at bats because you're paying him $15 million this season. I think one thing that you just said, and it should be their, their number one game plan and their number two game plan for the year. Number one game plan finished the month of April, not eliminated from playoff contention. It is more than time. Love A.J. Hinch. Uh, one of the best things Scott Harris, I think, did this offseason, extending A.J. Hinch. Mm-hmm. He's going to be with the Detroit Tigers for many years to come, which I think is great. Um, but, man, these these abysmal April starts got to stop. They got to stop. And I think last April, I want to say they, they went 10-17, and 17, which still isn't good. But, I mean, it's the best yeah. they finished in his three years as the manager, which isn't saying much. They've got to find a way – to not absolutely bury themselves by the time Mother's Day is already rolled around yeah. on the calendar. Or like, oh shit! All right, we're already you know eleven games under. Let's figure this out. They gotta, they gotta find a way. And if you look at their schedule, if I'm not mistaken, I was looking at it the other day. They've got a pretty enticing month of April. I mean, not to do a full schedule breakdown, but just real quick, April start actually late March. They're on the road in Chicago, on the road in New York against the Mets. Then it's Oakland, Pittsburgh, Minnesota. Texas, the reigning division, reigning World Series champions, excuse me. Minnesota on the road, Tampa on the road, KC at home, St. Louis at home. I mean, it's not terrible. No. It's not it's not a brutal schedule by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, Texas is going to be good. Who knows with teams like the Mets and the Cardinals this year, they were so bad last year, but you know just at the flick of a switch they could be back in, mm-hmm. you know, pretty good until the Mets mets it up. Rays are always scrappy, but I mean, Pittsburgh, Oakland, Minnesota's just man. I mean, you got to keep in mind. Last year, the Tigers—I don't want to say manhandled, but undoubtedly took care of business in the AL Central. I mean, yeah. they had a winning record against all AL Central teams, and they won all of their se- season series against all of their AL Central rivals, which is awesome. That hasn't happened. I think. I think last time it was like twenty. 15 or 2016 something i don't remember the exact year off the top of my head but yeah i mean that that's great that's improvement but they just got to find a way to not start in the basement in the month of april and then obviously i think their second goal should be winning the al central yeah um it's not a good division it's the worst division in baseball in my opinion i think 84 wins could easily get you a first place finish and it's hilarious to me and we could talk about this now if you want but i'm looking at the pakota projections for next year it's amazing to me how just Pakoda and I've seen a lot of other outlets too. They're just shitting on the Tigers, mm-hmm. and maybe it's because we're fanboys and you know we take it a little bit more personal. But I'm not thinking I was crazy. They, I mean, I'm, I've been. I'll call this team out, and they suck. You know me, but they had a good second half of baseball. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. perfect. There was ebbs and flows, but especially how they finished in the month of September, 
pretty darn good. And I'm not saying that automatically equates you're going to just be great the next season, but you know, it's just, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. But then I think back to how abysmal they've been since 2016. And it's kind of like, well, I can't blame these people for not having faith in the Tigers because there's times even I don't even have faith in this team and I'm a fan. Well, I mean, I think you look like statistically at, at a lot of the guys because they're weighed down by, you know, two, three years of, of bad baseball in Detroit that like, that is not their averages and their war numbers are not pulled up by the last two months of last season. Um, where uh-huh. I think if you if you probably ran ran the Pagoda projections, and I'm not a good enough statistician to do this, if you ran the formula with just the numbers from the last two months of the season, I think you would see a Detroit Tigers team that is you know significantly better than what it is currently projecting out to be based on the the stats of a lot of these guys in the last two months of the season versus their career stats. Um, and I think that that. That should bear out, you know. I mean, I think that we'll see it. We'll see it bear fruit, and I think that we'll see a lot of these guys on the upswing, continuing on the upswing. Hopefully, um, and hopefully, again. I mean, I think a lot of it's going to weirdly. I think a lot of it's going to come down to how we see Javi taking swings in spring training. Like, did he actually make the improvements? That's going to be kind of the the canary in the coal mine for me. Is how is Javi swinging in spring training? Yeah, I think for me it's all for me it comes back down to offense personally. I think the pitching is going to be there. I think the pitching has been there. Chris Fetter is a wizard. I think the 1-2 combo of AJ Hinch's manager and Chris Fetter as your pitching coach has just been phenomenal, which is awesome. But I mean, I'm looking at the Pagoda projection. I hate to go back to it, but they've got right now the Tigers at a 3.2% chance to win the division a 2.5% chance to win a wild card spot and an overall 5.7 percent chance to make the playoffs like to me that seems shockingly low Mm -hmm. based off how this team played in the second half last year I'm not saying they need to be number one you know but to be let's call a spade a spade if you're not winning the division you're not going to the playoffs there's no way they're going to compete with all these different wild card teams from the AL East the AL West I mean the AL East once again you could potentially see you know, three teams make it, four teams make it. I mean, they, that's how good they are. I mean, if they took the just, best teams in baseball, they would just talent. take the American League East um, right. into the playoffs. Right. So, yeah, so I just, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really surprised at how little street cred the Tigers are going to, and it's not just Pakoda. I've been seeing it a lot. I think Fangraphs has only had mm-hmm. them projected to win, I think, like 80 games on the season, something like that, which would be an improvement based upon last year, but. I don't know. I, I feel like this team is going to be better, and I I'm getting a lot of, uh, and I hate to say this because they were a pretty good team that just kind of failed late. But I kind of get a 2009 Detroit Tigers vibe from this current team mm-hmm. in some ways, where they're a decent team on paper, and it's just kind of a matter of are they going to put it all together? Because I think this is a okay baseball team. This isn't a dog shit baseball team by any stretch of the yeah. imagination, just a matter of, of will they put it together and maybe, maybe not a 2009 Tigers team, maybe a 2010 Tigers team. That was a year where they were just kind of, I think they barely, they have finished like right at 581 and 81 and they just um, were just kind of there, but they were always in the conversation. And I kind of get that vibe 
with this team. We are not at the heyday of the 2011 to 2014 Detroit Tigers by any means yet, but I feel like we're definitely not in 2003 Tiger mode anymore or 2019 Tiger mode for you who have been tuning in more recently. So I don't know, maybe it's the fanboy me, maybe it's spring training always kind of brings out the eternal optimist in me, but I just feel like these Pakoda projections in particular, I mean, the twins, twins are projected to win the division at almost 89 games. Cleveland ahead of the Tigers at 83.4. The Royals are only has behind about four games between the Tigers. And I just feel like I looked at all these transactions that these teams did throughout the offseason. And while the Tigers weren't, you know, blockbuster move after blockbuster move, I like the moves for the most part. Mm-hmm. Kansas City, I know, went out and spent a ton of money this season. But, I mean, they were so bad last year. Yeah. I just have a hard time seeing them just automatically just being a completely different ball club. I could be wrong, though. But in particular with Minnesota and Cleveland, there's not many moves that they made that I'm like, wow, that's a good, yeah. like they went out and got that guy. They made that trade. Holy cow. The twins, in my opinion, subtracted more than they added. And Cleveland just really didn't do anything in in, in my eyes. So I don't know. I mean, Minnesota lost uh, Sonny Gray, mm-hmm. Kenta Maeda. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I you know. I can't think of the guy they traded. Name is escaping me. They traded him to the the shortstop um, that they traded to the to Seattle. I know they brought in Carlos Santana, but I mean, yeah. In my opinion, the the Twins subtracted more than they added. I think the Twins will still be a perfectly fine eighty to eighty six win team, eighty five win team. But I don't think they're running away with anything. And I feel like the way everyone's making it seem right now is that they're either going to run away with it or they're going to kind of win by default, which could happen, I guess, the latter. But I don't know. I I'm just, I guess I'll just say don't sleep on the Tigers this year. I really don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. This division is not very good. And, I mean, they finished with 78 wins last year, and I'm not saying that that's good because it's not, but, I mean, I don't know. Don't count out the Tigers. Yeah, I agree completely. I agree completely. I have a spinning pinwheel on my side, so I can't do anything. But um, mm. <laughs> the beauties difficulties, that's always of technology. Hey, real quick, too. While technology is sucking, this was another reason, too, and I was shocked by this. I'm going to make fun of the Twins here for a second. The Twins on paper, they've yeah, they've got, like I said, they've got a fine team. It's not the best team in baseball. It's not the worst team. But one glaring thing for me that the Minnesota Twins desperately need is a gentleman by the name of Byron Buxton to be healthy. If he's healthy, yeah. then then I'm a little bit scared shitless because that man is a talent when he's healthy. But listen to this. Games played since 2020. He played 61 games in 2021, 92 games in 2022. Last year, he played 85 games. Like, wow. And he's next to Carlos Correa. He's supposed to be your guy. So I just, I see stuff like that and I'm kind of like, yeah, I just don't, I guess I just don't get the hype for the twins that I don't know. I guess maybe, maybe that's my fault, but I didn't realize Jorge Polanco that many, that many games last year. Jorge Polanco was the shortstop that the twins trade. I kept wanting to say Gregory Polanco and I knew that wasn't it. And I knew, I definitely knew it wasn't Placido Polanco because he's been long out of the league, number 14. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I don't know. To me, am I wrong on that? Do you think the Twins did anything that was this earth-shattering that they're getting all this street cred to deserve? No, I mean, I think that they're all that they're getting is the street cred of being the not worst team in the Central for the last few years. Um, yeah, they're kind of the rollover victor, I and guess. Like, I mean, and like, 
nobody else in the division did anything exciting. So like, why wouldn't the division shake out more or less yep. how it has? Um, I guess, I guess is the, is the thinking there. And I, I can't, I can't necessarily disagree with that. We just have a stronger opinion of this young core. And we were actually paying attention to the tigers in the last two months of the season. Unlike many other folks um, who were only tuning yep. in to watch the farewell to Miggy and not, paying any attention to the rest of the baseball happening around that occasion. As long as they lock Joey Wentz out of the clubhouse so the man can't find his way to the pitcher's mound, this team might not be half bad. Might not be half bad. I hear it. Any closing thoughts here, Luke? Um, Real quick, I wanted to read this to you, then we can get the hell out of here. Uh, I thought this was an interesting article. Um, 67 former Tigers competing for spots on 23 teams this spring. How many do you remember? I'm just going to rattle through these oh, wow. real quick for some big names. A L- lot for the Baltimore Orioles, James McCann, and two very recent Tigers, RIP Nick Mayton and Tyler Nevin. The Nick Mayton experience is officially over in Detroit. Uh, when I look back on it, I remember him hitting a couple of big home runs in April and May. I believe one walk-off or two, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. He had a big home run in Milwaukee. But other than that, just a abysmal time as a Detroit Tiger. And uh, definitely that we got Matt Veerling out of that trade. I guess, yeah, I guess you got to look at it that great. way. It, it works out great. Yeah. I like, I like, I like Matty V and uh, it might very well be the uh, starting third baseman opening day. So God be with us. And Tyler Nevin, who cares? Uh, let's see any other names on here. Tampa Bay Rays, former Tiger as well, who got hurt last season, but Tyler Alexander oh. is uh, competing for a spot. It says, the Tampa Bay Rays. I like how this article has Isak Paredes listed as if he isn't. I don't think sure he's competing for a spot like, this year. <laughs> I don't I, think he is. Either. I think he's coming locked yeah. up. Uh, for the MLB Network, I'm pretty sure they just ranked him as a top 100 player. So I just thought that was funny. <laughs> but there's a couple more like that. Uh, let me see here. Who else do we got? The Rays have a good here. roster, but they don't have a Isak Paredes is competing <laughs> for a spot type good roster. Yeah. I would take Isak Paredes back if they want to trade him back to us. That'd be nice. Um, twins got Willie Castro, who was with them last year. Nico Goodrum, my former best friend, Nico. is with uh, – it looks like he's competing in spring training for a spot on the roster. This is another funny one. Justin Verlander, he's competing for a spot with the Houston Astros. <laughs> you know, Justin Verlander is just an inconsistent guy who really needs to finally prove himself. It's time to shit or get off the pot, Justin. Are you going to be a Hall of Fame pitcher or not? I mean, let's get it make together. Your, make your call. Um, yeah. Dixon Machado, another Tiger great from the 2018 <laughs> season. Shoot. Jose Cisnero, former Tiger who was recently with us last season, is now with the Angels. Daz Cameron, trying out for the Oakland Athletics. Tom Souls, you should consider yourself very lucky. Uh, Nick Solak, kind of inherited friend of the pod who has no clue who we are. Friend of the, the pod. Seattle Mariners. Nick Solak. Be a mariner, pod, Nick. I believe yeah. in you. Yeah. You'll be my favorite another mariner. Another guy who's really trying to Yeah, another guy who's trying to stake his claim in the majors, Max Scherzer with the Texas Rangers. Ooh, will he make the uh, roster chasing, of, the, chasing, of the defending World really. Series champions? Uh, all right, I gotta I gotta see your reaction when I give you this name. Guess who is still in the major leagues trying to make something happen of his career? Jose Urania. No, Jose. He's trying to compete. Hang it up. The, Hang it up. The Texas Rangers. Everybody. The Texas listen, Rangers. Listen, Texas Rangers or any other yeah. Major League Baseball team, you would be better served to just hold a raffle to bring in a fan 
to pitch. One drunk fan. Yeah, absolutely. And to have Jose uh, Urania Derek take a Hill? roster spot. Oh, Derek. Derek Hill, the speedster. Yeah, I like Derek. I always felt like he kind of had a he had a very unfortunate just kind of whatever tenure with the Tigers. Didn't really get much of a shot, but is what it is. Zach Short is with the Mets. Jose Iglesias, Trace Thompson with the Mets. Uh, obviously, a lot of guys were there last year, except now an addition of Spencer Turnbull with the Phillies. You got Gregory Soto, Spencer Turnbull, Cody Clemens, Castellanos. Uh, Jamer we talked about in the last episode. Got a nice little the, deal. Are from the, the Phillies Cincinnati just Reds. building Congrats a roster on a former Tigers? Is that their, pretty much. their move? Yeah, pretty much. Don't be surprised. Yeah, don't be surprised if one day you see like Jake Rogers catching for him. Who knows? Jake Rogers catching just Jose kidding, Urania like- in Philadelphia. <laughs> Dude, I love Jake Rogers. I, I hope he too. just abs- it's I'm so happy I'm so happy he's gonna get the he's the starting catcher. I, I love it. I hope it works out for him. If it doesn't, I'm still gonna love the guy. Um but yeah, that was pretty much it. There was a couple uh, interesting ones on there. I like the uh the Daz Cameron to the uh, to the Oakland days. Oh, Captain Celery, he's with the Diamondbacks now. Okay. Tucker Barnhart, so was- good for him. And this is a name who I honestly thought had not pitched in years, Ryan Carpenter. I truly thought he was out of the league oh, to yeah. see his name still floating around. Gives me a lot of PTSD. That's, so that's yeah. a surprising name that you, you have just it. said. There you have it. Yeah, that's uh yeah, Daz Cameron uh, with the A's, Derek Hill with the Ranger. Yeah, you got Nick I, Mayton, Tyler Nevin. So some fairly familiar faces still trying to uh earn their keep in the bigs and let's see if they can get done this spring training. It'll be great. And as it goes, folks, we will be uh we'll be a little bit sporadic still as spring training gets gets going, but we'll be with you throughout the entire twenty twenty four Major League Baseball season, for better or worse, for rain or shine. We'll be pushing through, hopefully reporting on some big deals at the trade deadline because the Tigers are buyers. That's the hope. That's the hope, folks. That's but power of positivity. It's gonna be great. Luke, we'll talk soon, bud. See you soon.